there was a phrase that I said that made me think, huh, we need to talk about that more. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that's how it usually happens. A lot of these episodes are just organic, kind of like that. Right, Brian? Yep. So let's call this the Collaborative Creative. Launch it onto the loop today as we discuss this on Curiosity Continuum. Hey everybody, this is Josh. And this is Brian. Welcome to the podcast for Curiosity Continuum. Curiosity Continuum is an industry-innovating, non-traditional company passionate about growing wisdom in the next generation. We are the essential bridge between the analog and digital worlds by building collaborative communities that unleash the power of adaptive expertise and innovation needed to thrive in the 21st century. We combine and mix essential elements needed to empower people to succeed in new ways, not possible outside of a creative, thoughtful, diverse community of fellow curious people. Follow us in your favorite podcast app to receive notifications of new content. If you like what you hear and want to dive deeper, visit us at curiositycontinuum.com. Thanks for tuning in. Let's start the conversation. So what we kind of talked about on another episode was the creatives who go in a dark hole for a long period of time that come out with brilliance, right? But this is a collaborative creative or even like a creative process, and you come up with a different result. They're both valuable. Josh and I fall into the collaborative creative because just how we riff off even one another in these conversations, yeah, something sparks something else. And even for those creatives who like to like maybe do solo creation, they're still affected by how they grew up, by the person they saw at the grocery store, or you know the funny thing their dog did the other day. Who knows? So they're collaborating, even if it's an active or passive collaboration with something or someone. You want to talk about that a little bit, Josh, about some of the ways that that affects you? Yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of start off by giving a couple more examples, too, that I've come up with. So, the the like, some of these people collaborate that, like, like let's say you're creating, like, a, a script or something that you're in a group of people. So, you're, like, actually actively riffing on something that's supposed to happen. Like, you might know where you want to go, but you might not know how you have to really get there. Another kind of group of people that actively collaborate and then solo collaborate really well are animators. Um, anybody doing any kind of uh, artwork because you could obviously do like an animation or something by yourself, but you're part of a bigger group. And so you're, you're actually doing that together in that way. So you don't always have to be in the same room or the same or even a Zoom call or whatever. But you do have to kind of collaborate left and right. Right, Brian? Yep. So the practical example for me in my life is being a musician. You know, um, there I play bass. And bass players many, 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 many times play with other people. And their contributions make sense, the most sense, in context to what everybody else is doing. Because they're playing a specific role in that band. Now, there's a very famous bass player named Victor Wooten, and he's known in music circles very well, and even outside of music circles. He's definitely uh, an innovator on the instrument. And he released an album, it's over 15 years ago now, they just had re-released a few years ago, called A Show of Hands. And this was Victor's basically playing bass solo pieces, but tapping and doing things to make it sound like he was doing more. But he wasn't like really like doing more, it was just him. And it was really innovative for bass players to listen to, especially because like, man, this really like moved what you could do with the instrument forward and put it in a sense of like people went, whoa, it could do that, right? 
And it was a great thing. But then when you see him play with others, he collaborates differently. He had a band called the Wooten Brothers. Now, if you're in Nashville, you probably have heard of the Wooten Brothers, and they play wonderfully. And they've been a family band, and Victor was, I think, playing bass at five years old. It was some ridiculous thing. <laughs> you know, he was a very talented guy. But that band does things that you could never do by yourself. And being in that musical environment, Victor, he said, like, he never really practiced, he just played. You know, like, that was how he practiced. That's how he got mm-hmm. good. And this is, like, nobody told me he couldn't do it. He just did it. To me, I need those checks and balances so I don't just go down this weird mental hole of, right. like, this is the best idea, and it's really not. And Josh is very good to say, no, it's not a good idea, Brian. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, we do kind of, like, riff on each other and, like, work on each other's strengths and weaknesses, and I think that's what is important when you're, like, collaboratively creating or you're one of those people that needs somebody like that because you might not understand what's a good idea and what's a bad idea because to you it sounds great because it's your idea. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to keep going on that. Instead of working 40 hours on that idea, Brian can say to me, hey, uh, that sucks. Let's or let's tweak this in a nice way. Let's tweak this, Josh. Okay. Sometimes I'm not nice, but <laughs> you know. But I mean, most of the times, like you, you don't have to be rude with people, but you have to say, like, you know what? Let's just tweak that because it's not going to work the way you think it's going to work. And once it's explained, or once I see it, I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely right. This is not going to work. So let's spin that in a different direction, also. So yeah, there's some inherent communication skills you have to have in order to communicate an idea. And everybody's on a continuum of whether it's, you know, really good or really not, as far as their skills to share that idea. What's interesting is that that idea is something that if you have, you have a certain set of assumptions. Let me back up. You have a certain set of assumptions that you'll approach the idea with, and you'll come to the conclusion based on those set of assumptions. But when you put that out in space, especially if it's a picture, it's uh, something, people are like, I don't get it. Because they have a different frame of reference they're bringing to it. And so it may not make sense for them. Now, sometimes you say, well, this is okay. It doesn't have to make sense to you. It needs to make sense for people like this or like me. That's fine. That's perfectly good. Right. But one thing Pixar did beautifully, especially in their earlier movies, was they made sure that the entire company understood the plot as it moved along. And if they didn't, whether you're in finance or you're in maintenance or whatever, if you did not understand the plot point, or the emotion of the scene, and it didn't work, the people went back and they reworked the scene so that everybody could move along. Now, that's what made Pixar really successful, especially in the early days, is they really tuned their story so that people could understand the idea. Now, it doesn't mean that you know all their histories and stuff. It does mean that the idea was clear enough for them to grasp and move along. That's something where it's a commercially viable film, Versus like an art film that two people really just, <laughs> they'll give their left right. arm for. Right. And there's there's usefulness to both. You have to ask yourself, what are you trying to create with this idea? Yeah, and what are you trying to accomplish? Like, are you trying to make sure that everyone understands? Or are you trying just to get a point across? And if you're trying to get a point across, everyone has to understand it. So I don't really think there's an artist, there's many artists out there that are like, oh, I don't care if half the people don't get it from their frame of reference, they probably want that feedback. Now, Brian and I had the pleasure of talking to a, a couple of people that created a video game. And that's going to be on a, if you might have heard that episode already, you might not have, depending on where this comes out. And I'm not going to say what it is just for that very reason. But 
they are, were prime examples of people who loved feedback. And like they they took it even they wanted the critical feedback. So they he even said to us in the interview, he said, please tell me what you don't get. Please tell me where you struggled because I want to make this easier for you to understand. So that's the kind of thing we're talking about. And that's what's really special about a lot of these creative endeavors. Right, Brian? Yeah. And, you know, they what they the feedback was that is that, you know, the users, how they use something, especially in a game, take it in a direction. They approach something that they, they never would have thought of because, again, they developed it the way they knew how, but they didn't know right. what it would become. So some of that is you in a collaborative, creative environment or in the spirit of somebody who's like that is willing to not let any idea be the thing, the hill you die on always. Sometimes it, it's good to do that. But generally, people think like, well, if you compromise, that means that you're not at the result that you want. And sometimes that's true. But other times, you have compromised or you have given ground on something, and another idea enters the frame. And that synthesis together actually is a better result that you never would have come up with previously you know um dumb example but everybody knows it you have chocolate and you have peanut butter (laughs) and they're both good in their own right but you put them together and there's something magical that happens when you put those two things together but (laughs) yeah i don't know what it is but it's it's like good (laughs) it's it's real good yeah so those type of things like there's different elements of compliment you know um um, Josh, I'm flashing back to like middle school science class where you talk about the elements. Sure. And you talk about the compounds and stuff. Elements are really cool. And they have yeah. qualities and stuff, but those things together actually make a different result. And that's actually where you see a lot of it in the world. You might say, here's the building blocks of the world, but this is what we did with those building blocks. And oftentimes, one creative mind is a building block when you put it together with other people, create you know, this entire other thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, one word in a diction, like one word of the dictionary and then lots of words together make the dictionary. Right. So it's just because you might come up with the one word doesn't mean you have the entire thing. And so remember, like, and we've talked about this before, when you're in these kind of like fields and you're actually doing a creative thing, it's very important to be able to take that criticism and, meet people where they're at with it and not like take it as a personal attack on yourself. Cause a lot of people make something like that. They create is like part of them and they don't want anybody touching it. And that's where you have to kind of like take the emotional aspect of it. I'll kind of tamp that down a little bit. You know, and what's, what's crazy about it is that when you're a creative person, you pour yourself into that creation. So that's why sometimes, Oh, the creative people, they're sensitive. It's like, well, they poured themselves into something. Yeah, you know? which Josh, this actually brings up another point uh, around the the collaborative creative and the the spirit of what they do is there are so many other skills that you have to hone and develop in order to collaborate well with others. Yes. It's all the soft skills that aren't necessarily core to being creative. It has everything to do though with how you relate to others, and I think that's maybe why the cl- the collaborative creative process is a better result often is because you have to have all these other skills to communicate it. And in doing that, then you've built a bridge. That means that the idea itself has 
elements where people can get to your idea. You haven't made it so exclusive or esoteric that people can't. Yeah, I mean, that is the core here, right? It, the core of this idea is to actually make sure that you have the other skills necessary to hone the collaboration part down. Because you would have to have the communication skills. You have to be able to have the, the, the critique, like be able to take the critique and just be emotionally okay with it. Where, like, yeah, you can kind of irk you, and that's fine, but you have to kind of meet these people where they're at and kind of under, try to understand what they're saying. Maybe the spirit of what they're saying. Sometimes somebody will say something and not really understand it, and then so you say, oh, do you mean this? And that's where these skills really come into, come into play, right, Brian? Yeah. So what's the last thing you collaborated on or collaborated with somebody for a creative result? Yeah, I'm reminded of a gingerbread house contest I recently did, and unfortunately I lost. <laughs> you know, Josh and I have other stories about some art projects that we worked on together that were just not good in the end, but we had fun Yeah, doing. the end result wasn't good, but we yeah. had fun. Yes. So find something to collaborate on. It might be a puzzle. It might be a recipe. You know, sometimes you can think real high and mighty, like I have to have something high art to collaborate on. It could just be a recipe or cooking in the kitchen. Yeah. Doesn't have to be complicated. Exactly. Let's put a comma there, huh, Josh? Yeah, let's do it. Until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum.